1: The Football Shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name is John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. day and Roger Gibbs is here. Hello, and we're in a different house. So, Rog, you're sat on my left,
0: and Jeff's sat on my right. So, I'm all confused. It's very confusing. Very. Do we always
2: sit in the same seats? Yeah, yeah man.
0: We've been weird, doing this for years, Rog. Yeah. Why do you have to ask? Well, why don't we mix it up sometimes? Well, we are now.
1: Yeah, we are, yeah, and, and it's confusing. confusing. <laughs> that's why we don't. Yeah. Well, that's my own question. I'm all flustered and confused because we're in a different house. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rog, we'll start with you. Because you're in your house,
2: did you get fridge beer? Uh, Yeah, I didn't have time to go and buy a nice beer, so I've just got um, generic fridge filler, Rover. But you didn't get
1: the vegan one? The vegan one? The one that Jeff had the other day.
2: Uh, No, no, I don't. I have the Henty Street Ale. Does that mean
1: you hate vegans? Uh,
2: No, doesn't Jeff have the problem with vegans?
0: (laughs) No, no, I think they, they taste great. (laughs) It tastes tastes, great in a bolognese. (laughs) Can I just say, right? um, I listened to another podcast, I listened to a BBC podcast the other day, and they're like, their little bantery bit at the beginning. A sports podcast, a little bantery, Michael Richards on it. They're all all on Zoom, obviously. On Zoom. Was Ned a manure on it? He's the worst. the worst, Nedamanua. He's very, very basic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very basic. Um but Michael Richards, I like Michael Richards. Um but their like, you know, pre talking about a football conversation was about how over Michael Richards' shoulder was a uh, uh, one of his Player of the Month awards, Barclays Premier League Player of the Month awards. Oh yeah, like, we just call Rog Fat and talk about beer, and he's got a fucking Player of the Month awards <laughs> <him> <laughs> and we're like, whoa That's just mental. Different world. Yeah, eh? We should bring. Some, yeah, I haven't got any awards to show. I should have like like my, my work top seller of two thousand and four award. <laughs> <laughs> that I got one hundred and nineteen. I don't even want, want to have talk you about. Still got your cast from when you broke your leg. Yeah, I, yeah, great. We could did all... Michael Richards really
2: win a Player of the Month award? Yeah, I,
1: like, I reckon maybe he won one when he was 17 that's why it's like behind his zoom (laughs) camera you know making a point of it Um, Jeff did you bring a uh, fancy beer with you I don't do you know that beer you love yeah I love it I've never seen it in a shop anywhere
0: but I don't know where you buy it. It's because you don't... It's in Dan sh- Murphy's, Yeah, there we go. Sure. Oh, It's, it's the, in your old your big, old generic big yeah. chain shops. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't go. Um, but they put the price the major, up.
2: All the major supermarkets, <laughs> John. And by the way, you only ever go to one supermarket <laughs> which only has its own brand, so that's why you don't see anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's
0: fair. But they put the price up. They, they, it's just capitalism, isn't it? They? They've gone in low, they flooded the market, and now they put the prices up, and they've got us addicted. It's like the opioid crisis. <laughs> But different.
2: <laughs> What's the name of that family?
0: The opioid. That's weird. Family?
2: Yeah, in the states, you know, they came up with the. Ah. Um... Uh... Anyway, none of us are going <laughs> yeah. to. There's, there's a family who basically came up with this drug the and yeah. then pushed it onto the uh, Large, yes, large parts of the American population who are now all hooked on it and it's having terrible, terrible
1: effects. What on that good news story, Rog. I'm going to tell you about my Aldi wine that I didn't bring. Oh, no. Oh, wow. No, I've bought uh, Garage Project White Mischief. Oh, you love that one. I do. And because it's like... Touch of peach, is it, John? Touch of peach? White peach and salt sour. White peach. White peach and salt sour. And uh, I didn't really want to drink wine tonight because
0: I've got a big day at work tomorrow. So I'm on the... Sorry, white, white peach and salt. Yeah. That sounds so disgusting. Salted white peach sour. That's it's not actually beer.
2: As, as, no, as far as sours go, it's quite a good one. Oh god, one. you
0: people! <laughs> Do I try it? Oh, I drink? tell you what would be great in my beer. Let's just add some salt. <laughs>
2: <Good>. Like
0: fuck! <laughs> Listen salt to yourselves. Take some... a step back. What about salty and Question ca- salty what you're doing, oh Jeff. Oh, come on. <laughs> Life right. is here to be enjoyed.
1: I'm thoroughly enjoying my salty beer. Um, Every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the Football Shed community, head over to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys. Um, Apologies to everyone, I've been a bit quiet on there this week, work got a bit busy, Um, but you can talk nonsense on there um, and give us ideas for One Beer Wonders, which we haven't done one in a while, so we should do one. Um, And if you're more like Rog, you can send an email we should have a poster Does, a does mail... anyone
2: even send us in? Should we just stop talking
1: about emails? No, we get emails. We get, we get emails. emails. We get emails. Okay. They're usually yeah.
2: addressed to you. Yeah, yeah, from overseas. Yeah. some yeah. exotic country. Yeah.
1: We'll, um, no, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll do an email feature next week for you, Roger. Great. We should even get a mailbox like they used to do in the 80s. Get a PO box. Me. Yeah, PO box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. This week's question is about John Stone's. So two goals he did score two goals this week (laughs) and it is around his two goals five years when did he last score in the Premier League it is not five years ago four years ago no three no seven (laughs) no
0: six yes still got it (laughs) now we
1: did have a discussion beforehand Jeff that was
0: my question whether you had a better question. Yeah, i got a better question. Okay, i got go a better on. question. One minute, one minute. Let me get my, let me get my question up. Um, because it's about uh, Mikel Antonio. Well,
1: I've got a lot of time for him.
0: Yeah, okay. That's a, well, I'm, you know, who am I to judge whether it's a better question? Every position it's sex goalkeeper <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> this, is, this is good. I'm enjoying this.
0: <laughs> okay, so Mikel Antonio is the fourth player to score 40 Premier League goals for West Ham. Fourth? The fourth ever to score 40 Premier League goals for West Ham. Can you name the other three? Canio? Correct. Tevez? Incorrect. He was only there for about a week. Uh, Tevez. Um, Um, Anatovic? No. No, no. Mark Noble? Mark Noble. Oh, yeah, because he scored millions of penalties. He he scored 46 goals, Mark Noble, and 46 of them have been penalties. Uh, That's a joke. How many more are we looking (laughs) for? One more. Um, is it someone recent or old? It's someone quite old, and he has his his head looks like a peanut on a on a toothpick. Teddy Sheringham? No, 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 no. But <laughs> very good, very good. His head does look like a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: who looks? like We're going to know it,
0: but I can't. Um... Ian Dowie. No, he's a potato, isn't yeah, he? What is he?
2: He's a, a, a vegetable. Peanuts not a vegetable. Um, you're thinking of uh, what was Ian Dowie's face? That was really weird.
1: Like yeah, he had what, Leroy Sane is in his, his, neck, his neck in his all. All and and that was um, weird.
0: Okay, so he has only scored forty-one. So it's not like he is he is super prolific, and he probably got that in about seven hundred and sixty games. Stuart Pearce? No. no, he's he's a bit of a Cameron Jerome. Oh, Carton Cole. Carton Cole, oh, yeah. Cole, yeah! <laughs> I cannot believe he scored that many goals. 41. But how many years was he, was he there? He, he was there like 30 years. Exactly years. right. I suppose seven a year or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was average. Um, which question was better, Rog? Um, yeah. oh, well, I'd like do... to talk about John Stones. Oh, OK. Well, that means that my question was better. Um, so let's, let's see go. Let's talk about Man City. Are they going to win the league now that they've suddenly looked like they're back and... Playing well, beat Palace 4 0. De that looks good. Do you know
2: what uh, somebody that's been listening to the pod pulled me up today on um, how fickle we've been and that we've talked up the chances of about 17 different what teams? Well, it changes in the every league. week. Well, I, that's what I said. And I said, far more established pundits than us. <laughs> Are uh, making the same errors, or is it an error? I don't know. Maybe it's so even that it can change that
1: much. It's just part of the fun. It changes every week. So you might just well dive in on that team and hate on them and love them yeah, this week.
2: But no, I do think that City are and we <laughs> we said it. As, City are going to win the we league. Said <laughs> at the, no, we said at the start of the year that they're you know they're going to be top two. I predicted them to win the league. Um, and we've talked about them lots of times before about. COVID suiting the way that they play and I kind of feel Pep's gone back to Pep like he hasn't reinvented the wheel with what he's doing. I feel like if anything they're pressing less. Maybe they got caught he got caught yeah. up with what do I need to change things a bit or um you know there's all this high energy stuff around and he's gone well no I'll just we will just pass the ball and not give it away. Um and they've sorted out their defense. They've sorted out their defense. DS uh w- but it's John Stones. Yeah. Like, looks since DS has come in, I don't know whether it's the pressure on the Stones or, or what's happened, but he has been excellent. I just, I want him to keep it going. I don't want this to be, you know, we, we said this at the World Cup, yeah. kind an of excellent World Cup, kind of, you know, looked like world-class, world-class defender, I'm going to say. Yeah. He looked like he was finally, um, you know, fulfilling his promise. And because not because of flashy things he was doing, but... just defending excellently.
1: But do you think it's Diaz, or I have a theory of why John Stones is suddenly good again, is that Fernandinho is playing defensive centre midfield for Man City. They won the league. Every time they win the league. So it's not John Stones, it's that Fernandinho is amazing. Well, John Stones is playing very well, but I think it's easier to play centre-back for Man City when you have Fernandinho playing in front of you because he does so much of the mopping up work and also drops back into that back four to make it to a three for a little bit. And I think they've lacked that player. Rodri hasn't done it as well. Um, And so they've kind of struggled without Fernandinho being in there. So I think he's made it easier for John Stones to come back in.
0: It's a shame, isn't it, that we... I agree with you, John. I absolutely agree. I think when a player like John Stones has um, a very disciplined... Central defensive midfielder in front of him, he's able to do the things that he's more inclined to do. Yeah. Like he can walk with the ball slowly yeah. out of defence and and make a decision. And when he has, you know, when he has time to make a decision, he's a very talented footballer. I think it's it's quite sad that we talk about John Stones on the week he scores two goals. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a fair point because cause actually he's been a very good defender for the last six weeks or so, and he's and he's not got a bench, but yet. He scores two goals and everyone talks about how he's a great defender. I'm like that's a bit strange, isn't it? Because yeah. why does it take Garth oh, no, it's, team in
2: the weekend? No, no, I don't. There's been there's been a fair bit of talk about him over the last few weeks. I don't know if I agree with that.
0: Okay, well, 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 we certainly haven't sat here and, and dissected his game, and he takes takes him scoring two goals no. before we do. Um, so, so, I, so I think you know, slap on the wrist to all of us. But yet, <laughs> he is he's been excellent this year, and he's been consistent. He's had a good run in the team, which is all he's needed. You know, this time last year he couldn't get in the side. So it's it's been really impressive. He's English, so I want to see him do well. He's ex Everton, so I've got this belief that he's you know there's a part of his heart that will always be a blue, and I, I like <laughs> and I, and I, I like I like that. But he's just a defender. Like
2: I think Eric Eric Garcia, yeah, is so crap. He's like five foot six. <laughs> yep. He can pass the ball, but he's like he's not a. Not a he back. never he's never once to me looked like a centre back. Yeah, and I just think
1: that. Um you know, Stones has got all the attributes to be really, really good. And what we don't talk about John Stones at the moment is it always used to be, oh, we played it too much or we did a turn in his Mm -hmm. own 18-yard box and why did he do that? That just never gets mentioned anymore. He just does the simple things. He's only 26.
0: Like, as a centre-back, he's
1: got 10 years ahead of him. Mm.
0: But he's He's... got 10 years experience behind him. So he's getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a long run ahead of him.
2: I think the other thing, I mean, you mentioned Fernandinho, but... I think you'd perhaps go you could go even a little bit further than that and say for the first time in a long time there is some stability in that city back line. Yeah. So they he's picked a consistent centre back pairing for the first time in months and months and months. Like they tried so many different combinations. Um Cancello uh suddenly looks like he's a decent left yeah. back. And Kyle Walker's having
1: his best year. And Kyle Walker's,
2: so all of a sudden it's kind of like there's a clear four. Yeah. Where Man City have not, or five with Fernandinho and and obviously yeah. Edison picks himself. So I just I don't think they've had that stability. And I think you know you're gonna need to uh, switch your squad up and and you know keeps things fresh this year more than any. And, and we know that you know there's going to be lots of games. You know it's weird COVID times. So you're gonna need to change things. But I think there's a lot to be said in certain parts of the pitch of having consistency and stability, Jeff, you said Stones needed it and I I think that defence is it. It's Um, it's not not easy to chop and change every week.
1: We have to talk about De Bruyne's cross for uh, John Stones' first goal. No one else in the league, I think, could do that. It just, he picked it up and he he was in the wrong position to cross it the way he wanted to cross it, so he just went, well, I'll use the outside of my right boot and it went perfectly into the spot that John Stones needed it to head it in. It was incredible.
0: It's insane. And if you're defending it for Palace, I think this is what's interesting is is it wasn't bad defending. They had had two players on Kevin De Bruyne. And if you were to... Nine out of ten times, they would have been perfectly positioned to cut out the angles for for a cross coming from that position. Both of them. Both of them were there. But somehow... He just managed to kind of absorb that ball into into in between his feet and decided to to bend it the wrong way around these two players and the way it kind of had a late curve no on bat it too. Yeah. like it was just outrageous but, and the pace like
2: I just think you cannot underestimate what a hard skill that is to you know everything about direction the pace the
0: angle it's no back lift to do all that and get it so perfect is so hard yeah. especially cuz it's His decision-making was so quick that that was his choice to do. It's like that is so in his locker that he's choosing that as a brush to paint with. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's been forced to do
1: it. And the thing with Man City is De Bruyne is looking good. Stones is looking good. Defence is sorted. And then people like Gundogan, um, Sterling's scored a great free kick. Suddenly they're all playing well. And then their best striker's been injured the whole year. So they're just going to bring Aguero back in for the second half of the season and might score 15 goals in the second half of the season. Their league, and, isn't
2: and, it? And I'm not sure about Jesus yet.
1: That's
0: fair enough. No, On, no, no, you know, yeah, more, most, most, most people are, are having their doubts. He um, days.
2: but he's a bit. I think he's kind of Man City's Giroud equivalent, a bit. Yeah. Like he gives them a focal point, and a lot of those other attackers can play off him. He like his his hold up play is underrated. I don't necessarily think he's the best finisher in the world, yeah. but he does bring bring something to the team. And they kind of, I think when he was out and Aguero's out, they really struggled. Because yeah. false nine, yes, it works sometimes, but actually...
1: You can't play off Sterling no, or whatever.
2: No, no, often you need someone to yeah. do that. And I think he does that does that quite well. Um, but I mean, De Bruyne is now up to third in the all-time list in the Premier League of, of assists. Jesus. So I
0: think he's... No, no, no De Bruyne. De, De, Bruyne, yes. De Bruyne, yeah.
2: <laughs> he's going to get number one.
0: Well, I, I think so. The, the problem I've got with Jesus is that when he um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he plays out wide, he is often the end of the move. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't see his um with with Giroud. Giroud can run the channels just like he can play yeah. centre forward. If he need if if he's up there on his own and being isolated, and a, and a ball is played to the corner flag, Giroud can still make something of that, you know, and he can bring players in. But I don't see that with Jesus. Uh, I think that he, if he's not down the middle. He's pretty toothless, and I'm not sure that in, in Guardiola's team there's much room long term for someone who isn't fluid enough to play across the whole front three. Because you'd argue that the way Guardiola's side set up, anyone in that front three should be able to do any of those jobs yeah. and and th- and be pretty good at it. A- apart from uh, the the t- t- argument is Aguero can't. but, yeah, but you say he runs unique. the
2: channels, but you wouldn't play him. As in a wide no, but position. they overlap and they interchange, don't
0: they? Like, And they need to because yes. cause they, they play kind of outwards, outside, inside wingers. So so you wouldn't want him pulling out, overlapping when a winner, one of the wide players comes in to to overlap and then bring the ball back. He's not very good at that. He needs to be that man in the middle. So I'm not sure, as I say, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying for a Guardiola side, he is a stopgap for having a player that can be more versatile, well, in my no, opinion. I, I
2: don't know if I agree, because I think they need they need that. And he had that at, at Bayern. <laughs> the only place he hasn't really had that is Barcelona, and that's because he had Messi and Messi's Just did everything. Just did is is different. So you kind of set your team On up. A Messi, bit did you see he
1: got sent off for the first time in his career this week?
2: Yeah, everyone's been talking about it, it as a rush of blood and uh, I haven't seen that. And off. I watched it and I'm kinda of like he kinda of just brushed the guy out of the way. Like I I mean I I've only seen it once, but to me, yeah. it really it looked very
1: soft. Um, let's use, move on to what was the biggest game of the weekend. Oh, oh Jeff, you got just another point. Just before we move off this game, yeah.
0: Crystal Palace were crap.
1: Oh yes, like it, it, yeah. it
0: wasn't. Man, Man City didn't just beat no one; they beat a very accommodating Crystal Palace side, yeah. who were terrible. And as we spoke about all the teams, we didn't mention
1: the week before last week when we got to Palace. We still had nothing to say.
0: I just want them to give me something. I yes. just want. I I want them to give me that one week where I go, oh, you know, I watched Burnley this week, and, you know, there was something about them. Yeah. I've, I've even got good things to say about Sheffield United today, but Palace was so uh, terrible. I reckon Again, the only time in the last three years that Palace
1: have done something good. Andros Townsend goal? Andros Townsend's goal. <laughs> that was exactly spot on. That's the only thing you can remember the last three years. Um, so, yeah, the big game was Man United against Liverpool, and it was a nil-nil fizzer. What a fizzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like with
2: all our time zone uh, you know, worries over here, like three thirty in the morning. When something like this happens and you kind of you set your day up You're ready to watch for it. a
1: game. Yep.
2: Uh
1: and then it's such a fizzer. it is so disappointing. It's underwhelming. And but on a bigger question, is it underwhelming because there was no fans there? Because that derby is always a huge game because there's so many fans there. And also, you've got Liverpool, who've only scored one goal in the last four games. Man United, who were top of the league at the time they played, going, well, if we get a point away at the champions, we're going great guns. So it kind of had nil-nil written all over it before we began. There's also a
2: COVID element, I think. Like, I agree with you about the fans, and in these big games, it seems like... Maybe players are more aware of the... um, The connotations than they would be if there were like 50,000 fans just going screaming at them. And there's been quite a few big games, I can't reel them off off the top of my head, but I feel like there's been a number of big games this year, quite a few
1: of them involved Man United that have been nil nils. Do you know Man United have not beaten a top six team this season yet? There you go. So, as they're top of the league or second right now at time of recording because Leicester won this morning, not beating anyone in the top six.
0: Jeff, you were going to launch in there. Well, yeah, a few different things. But, you know, you say that, John, but they've also not lost away from home in a year. Yeah. So what they've done every time they've gone away from the top six is exactly what they went did against well, Liverpool. And yeah.
1: this is the perfect season to be good against the teams below you and okay around the Okay ones, enough, yeah. yeah. Around the teams that are around you.
0: Like, to just solidify your point, Rodge, you're absolutely right. No fans is killing it. You know, games like this require passion and drive and and you know electricity and that is not what this game had um one of my questions is you know fernandez didn't show up in this game in my opinion and you think oh well that's strange but then the games that fernandez doesn't show up in are the most important games for manchester united that he doesn't show up in semi-finals so he's not a big game player well, I'm just I'm I'm asking the question yeah. here. Like, I, I'm trying to form my own conclusion here in in public. You know, he doesn't show up in semi-finals, and United lose semi-finals because you know counter-attack, Fernandez or bust. We've spoken about it, right? That, yeah. That's their that's three pronged approach, and one of them is losing. And in a big game, hard to counter-attack. Big game, Fernandez doesn't show up, so they go bust. They they lose every single one of them. And this for Man United was probably the same mentality that you would take into a semi-final. It was that important. And Fernandes just didn't show up. I'm not saying he's crap. I'm, no, just yeah, saying, yeah. I'm just saying that there is a question mark on whether that environment or that pressure works with him. I think it's too early to say.
1: Although we've um, lost a lot of semi-finals in the last year. Since well,
2: been, but you've, also, you've only lost three times in the league since he arrived. That's pretty good. And you were pretty crap when he arrived. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, look,
0: he's transformed your team. It's like, not about stats, it's about the performance. He's, he, he was not influential in that game, just like he's not influential in other games that require influence. Do you say that that's Fernandez's fault?
2: That
1: he he he's a flat track bully? Doesn't Sorry. turn up in the big games and doesn't make mm. it happen, or... Is it Man United's fault that they don't create a system in a big game that makes the most of Fernandez? So are they are they worrying too much about going, okay, let's keep a clean sheet and let's make sure this happens and they don't give Fernandez the freedom in a big game to go, you know what? Just
0: go and win the game. That's, a good, that's a good question. And I, I think you might be onto something there. It's probably naive coaching. It's probably making a a fresh plan for a, for a fresh situation that they don't get every week. And because of that, they, they don't unleash him the way that they would against West Brom.
2: I, I mean, I can't... I agree with you. That there's been some ga- big games where he hasn't been great, but I just... I can't believe that that will be the case because of his character and because of the way that we've seen him carry United on Mm. multiple occasions and be the catalyst and be the one that does something that gets Man United the points like we've seen that time and time again and generally those are the players who with that drive who turn up Mm. in the big games it's very unusual to have someone who you know will get you over the line on multiple occasions but then goes missing in the in the big games so
0: then watch it like that's that's what Highlight. It's been highlighted. Drawn a line under it, and let's watch it the next time United have a have a must-win or a very yeah. important or a cup final or a semi-final. <laughs> yeah, there will be they, a semi-final. Pay close attention to whether that man shows up because I'm I'm spotting a trend here that that it doesn't correlate with yeah. what I feel about Fernandez, but you can't ignore it because it's real. Yeah, I, I do think in
2: this game that there's an element of what I think is what John was saying is 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 um, on the money in terms of the way the team set up. To me, in this game, Liverpool and you might disagree with me, but I think Liverpool were clearly the better team yeah. and bossed, bossed the midfield for most parts of the game. Um, I thought Thiago was good. <laughs> I thought Man United defended very very well. Yeah, they were, and you could tell it was we'll defend first. And we, and the, the thing about this and why I don't necessarily think Oli will change with it. I think Liverpool were clearly the better team in this game, but Man United probably should have won the game. Yeah, because I think Fernandez and Pogba chances. had the best clear chances. Yeah, I actually think the Liverpool. There are a couple of moments where they missed the last pass that would have created the best chance in the game. If that makes sense, like there's something with the front three at the moment. I don't think Firmino is completely firing. There was one moment where Firmino could have um, played in Robertson, but you know who would have been. Um, through. through and you know walk the ball into the net, and Firmino just didn't wasn't aware of it. That's not Firmino. Like if he's if he's firing, he, he picks that out. But I think if you break the game down, I think those two moments near the end of the game, when the Pogba chance and the Fernandez chance were the biggest moments in the game. So I think Oli would look at the whole thing, and go right. We defended really well. We restricted their opportunities. We probably should have won that game. I'm gonna keep going with that approach in these games
1: yeah and it's working And on Liverpool so they started Fabinho and Henderson as centre-backs um, and they have said they're not going to buy another centre-back during January which seems a little bit odd but they've only conceded five goals in the last ten games which I mean that's great um, so where's the problem Thiago
0: I mean Thiago is the problem Okay. but he hasn't been playing well, this game certainly I think Thiago with the problem in
2: what way you may be looking confused. Oh, I, think like, he's, he, I think he's a
0: brilliant brilliant I, I agree I, th- I think he's a, he's a world class phenomenal footballer but I think him playing in the centre of a midfield three I, I think is he is almost being used as a recycling truck and he doesn't drive the football forwards. He recycles the football so stupendously that it is easy on the eye. It's wonderful to watch. I love it. I, I think he's a phenomenal footballer. But in the middle of the park for Liverpool in this game, you need someone to pick up the ball and run with it and run forwards to to make something happen for those front three. You can't just rely on, on Liverpool's front three. Especially this year, Liverpool's front three aren't firing together. They're not. They're, they're not. I mean, Salah's the top goal scorer in the league. I get that. But... They're not playing well as a unit, which means something has to come from somewhere else. And when Liverpool's fullbacks are not providing the same way they were last year, you've got to look at the midfield. So Henderson's playing in defence. Great. So Henderson did take the ball and run last year. That that was part of his job. Thiago does not. He relies on his world-class passing ability, but Liverpool are missing the, the... they're midfield three, moving forwards as a unit with the football. There is well,
1: a, I'd, I'd say there is a bigger gap between the front three and the midfield, which is a problem. But I think because they're playing Henderson in centre-back, Fabinho centre-back, you're losing that in the middle of the park. And that's having an effect. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold's not having a good season because he's not next to Van Dyke, so he's not playing as well. So it kind of all has a lock-on effect. And Klopp saying he's not going to bring in a centre-back to me sounds a bit dumb because I think they need a center back. I agree, who I agree. agree. Yeah. center back yeah, to go. Okay, that means we can put Henderson back in midfield and we can, and everyone gets slightly better. So it seems a bit odd that they're not going to bring one in.
2: Van Dijk is the point in that team that the whole of the rest of the team sets themselves up on, not just the defense, the whole team. And I think I don't think it necessarily is the attack failing. I think a large part of that is exactly what you said, John. It's like you you've pulled other parts of the team back like Mm. you've lost defenders so you've pulled midfield into defense you've then it means that Salah Firmino and Mane are often receiving the ball in a different part of the pitch than they would have last year and they're having to create more individually probably have to run with the ball more rather than I think the biggest thing is not necessarily I don't know if Thiago fits Thiago could be a problem I mean, we thought he might be a solution because he might offer Liverpool something different, but the, he's not necessarily going to give that same press that their midfield had last. So I don't know if it's necessarily carrying the ball and running with the ball, but we've talked about Liverpool's number 10 or their creativity being the press. Yeah. And Thiago's a slightly different player to that. Mm. But I think the, the press hasn't necessarily functioned as well because of how they've had to change the deeper, yeah. Because they've yeah. had to change yeah. the team. And so it means you're then having to find different ways to break teams down. Yeah. And I think that's what and also in this season, when you know, you haven't got the same time of training, when things are all over the place, those intricacies of those attacking moves are kind of they're harder to yeah. to coach and to come up with. And and so I think whereas if they were just going, you know, they're no no brain like massive full press because they've got all the players there I think we saw last year that just they were a machine that just worked Um, I mean are they just not signing a centre so I agree I I think that's what it is I think it's that it's kind of it's not necessarily the forwards playing badly it's things behind them have changed the dynamic but then is it that they don't want to spend the money in a centre back in the current environment
0: I don't don't know but I think you've so nailed it Rog I, I think that them pressing less means that they have to create more when yeah. they get the ball because they're actually up against a team that are in position, you know. And, and when they win the ball back on a high press, we've seen it for years with this Liverpool side. The, the other team scramble to try and get back into position. No one knows really what they're doing, and by that point, Mane or Salah, has yeah. comp- you know, you, you, you blink your eyes and you're a goal down. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. But without that high press, because of the way the whole team has shifted down the pitch, without that high press, it means that when those players get the ball, they're up against a defence. That's organised, that's in position, which means you're actually relying on their kind of individual flair or a team goal or something that's very different to the Liverpool, the swashbuckling Liverpool that we've seen in the last couple of years. They're having to do it. And it's hard, you know, especially hard against a team like Man United who are happy to sit there.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why we're seeing the teams that are playing simple ways this year are doing well. They're keeping it strong at the back and just going. We'll just do this each week. High press teams are struggling a bit because it's just a bit too much. Um, let's go to the top. Are of the Liverpool league. going to win the league? No.
2: Man City. I've, are. I've got one conspiracy theory thing that I want to run past
1: you. Okay, cool. Before we go to Leicester,
2: Manchester United. Yeah. Forty-two penalties in the last two years. Yes. Liverpool. Nineteen penalties. Yep. Uh, on half time, Thiago plays a, a a brilliant pass. Oh yeah! I believe that Mane is in here, yep. in on goal. The ref blows the whistle fifteen seconds early, and they're not. They're generally they don't like attacks establishing, yep. but if an attack has established, they will generally
0: let it play out. Yeah. Was that a bit weird that he blew his whistle? No. I was just
1: what they do, isn't it? No,
0: well, no, no. It's not, no. I, I'm, I'm with you here, Roger. When I saw it, I thought, that's a bit odd. You yeah, very, rarely very rarely see that. You very rarely see it. Yeah. I'm going, to ask, I'm going to ask our ref coach mates, uh, Ali yes. and Jack, because I would be very keen to see what their thought process is when they let a game either run or not, when they look at their watch. It would be really hard.
2: I'm assuming the ref, like, I'm not... Saying is biased. I mean, it is. Man United have had an easy ride for years and years and years and years because they're Man (laughs) United. But I don't necessarily think that the this was the ref. I think he'd obviously decided I'm going to blow my whistle at this This moment. Yeah. But if I if that was me in that position.
0: I'd want to see it out, like, recognize, especially recognize, because it was a nil-nil nil fizzer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we could have a You'd goal. You recognise the moment in yeah. the game, and and you, we see it all the time. You know, you see three minutes, but actually it goes to three and a half minutes, even though there hasn't been any subs. The ball's hardly gone out because it, you know you let the corner happen, yeah. you, you let the ball run, you, you you let it go to 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 have the play. Yeah. I'm not like you. It just felt when
2: I saw it in real time, felt gross. It felt odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We paid him a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: um, Leicester, Leicester. So Leicester are top of the league. Um, they beat Chelsea 2 0 this morning um, and quite convincing. Yeah, yeah, very convincing. Um, and they also won at the weekend. Who do they play at the weekend? Oh, they beat Southampton 2 0, which could have been a very tricky game. Um, James Madison's scoring goals and looking brilliant. Soy and Shoes back. Pereira's back. They're getting players back. Castagna was back. And Didi. D-Day. And Didi's back. I really, really want Leicester to get top four. there's a big part of me that goes I've said it on the league why say top four no because I don't think they'll win the league so like I said I think Man City will but I think Brendan Rodgers is underrated I definitely think he's a bit of a weirdo so that (laughs) (laughs) I think that goes against him sometimes so he doesn't get the nicest media coverage but I think he's a very smart tactician he's a very good coach and he gets his players believing in him and playing well and I just want them to be successful. I want them to get in the top four. I like the way that Madison's improving as a player.
2: That there's He's on
1: it at the moment. You can tell yeah. he's enjoying it. And he's and he's brought through like young players like James Justin, but also gets a tune out of Mark Albrighton. Who... Do, you, do, you, do you,
0: see, <laughs> you see Madison's interview afterwards? Oh, about the Jamie
1: Carragher thing? Yeah, yeah. Right. Go go
0: back and find it. It, it it's, um, it's one of those times where a football director is actually talking quite candidly. And he's a good public speaker. You know, you, you can see that the boy is very, very confident in who he is and he thinks he's the bee's knees. And, and you either look at it and think he's a complete prick or you just sit down and enjoy the fact yeah. that he's up there with, in full pomp talking about how good he is. And, and But one of some of the things that Sean threw were quite interesting about Brendan Rogers. And he, going, he said that, you know, you don't, in a Brendan Rogers side, you don't get away with not putting a shift in he's like you just won't play if you don't run he goes Brendan says it's a running game that's it point blank and then when he said about the, their goal he goes Chelsea often switch off for corners so we'd rehearse we'd practised sorry not rehearsed practised trained trained <laughs> that's the word sports you train in sports don't you <laughs> What it was do? very poor it, by Chelsea. But like said, to,
2: to to have a guy. Do you know what annoyed me about that?
1: Let
0: Sorry. He said he said we we trained for that because we knew that they switch off at corners. Take takes them a minute to to get their heads in gear. So so we we tried that. Then he made a joke. He goes, we we didn't expect the Harvey Barnes scuffed for it to go to go to Indira. He goes, but the whole plan was we worked on that in the training pitch. So I, I listened to that and then I thought, okay, well who was in the Chelsea backline? Why are you switching off? Okay, so you've got. Um, Rudiger, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, and Reese James. These are very, very experienced defenders. Why are they switching off? And not only why are they switching off, why is it known that they switch off at corners? So much so that in the week you train to do a certain thing that comes off in a game to go 1-0 down, what the fuck is going on at Chelsea?
1: The last thing I want to say on that James Madison thing before we go into your point about the corner, Rog, is that... Jamie Carragher came out a few months back and went, OK, James Madison, you're great. And he said it on Sky. He's like, if you're going to be great, you've got to score some goals. You're not scoring any goals. So you've got to do something to score some goals. And he went to Brendan Rodgers and to his coaches and stuff and said, I need to be better at scoring goals. I need to get into the box late, be a bit more like Frank Lampard and be, improve at this. And he's improved at it. And yes, he might be a bit arrogant and he might be a bit of a fool. But... It takes humility to go, I'm wrong at something. I'm not good enough at something. I need to improve at this. How do I do it? And then put it into action.
2: That, yeah, that's a good level of arrogance. And that's, that's
1: cool. where I go, this guy's got it and he's going to get better and better because he's willing to do that. And he's really good. Like, he is, <laughs> <Yeah>. he, he <laughs> is <laughs> really yeah. good. Like yeah.
2: He can do do a lot of things. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd i be picking him for England. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm like... Maybe I'd be picking him and Grealish in the same team. because Foden. Cause, cause yeah. And Mason Mount. <laughs> but the, the, the thing on the corner that annoyed me, and I think, Jeff, where you were going with this is why is it happening? Is it Lampard? You know, it's a coaching mm. thing, it's a team setup thing. It can't be the players. But I just. Chilwell is standing there, but he's not aware. And there's no. It's like, okay, there's two Leicester players there, there could be a short corner. I, my default thing I should do, I know, is to go and stand there. They probably won't really do it, but you stand so, between I, them. I need, you? I need to stand yeah. there. But it wasn't. There was no intent. There was no defensive intent with what he did. It was just like a token gesture mm. to stand there and yeah, then you watch on. it happen. And it was so easy, and all of it like that is, you know, one of the most dangerous positions you can let a player get in on a football pitch. You know, if a player gets to the byline. Five yards from from goal, generally that's going to result in a in a chance. It's a problem, yeah, a, a problem. You know, and so you, from a from a set piece to let that happen, I think that's a real issue. Now we talked about maybe Frank had sorted out Chelsea's defensive woes. All of a sudden, it's like what five five losses in eight and. and- I mean, this, this is big. Like, this was a big game for Chelsea to come yeah. out and go, we're, we're in
1: this. And Leicester bossed it. And Not- also, I think Frank gave the kids a go. He put started Hudson-Odoi. started Tammy Abraham. Reese James started. as has been starting the last few. And I think he went, OK, cool. I need a bit of fight. I need a bit of gumption. Do it. And they didn't turn up. And now I don't know whether that's their attitude or the coach or what. But... There's something not working there, and they're eighth in the league. And it, it was not that long ago, just before Christmas, we were like, Frank's got this, and maybe they're going to win the league. And now
0: it's. He's really, lost. It's really he, looking like he's he lost. He absolutely lost. And I'm um, not saying he's lost a league or lost his job or whatever. What, what I'm he's saying lost. Is, yeah, he's like <laughs> a boy in the woods. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Because, he, okay, so With he, his little water bottle. <laughs> he is slowly. I keep looking for it. Like f- forming the same conclusions that everyone else is. But he doesn't know how to fix them. So, you know, okay, you could easily say you've got to give him time because look at all these new signings. You know, give anyone time. He's made all these new signings. Take time to bed him in. That's just football. Be patient with the bloke. So what he's done is he's recognised that and he's gone back to play the players who did well for him last year that kept him the job. But They lost. Okay, so so what do I what do I do now? Do I go back to my my group of players? Because if I'm going to bring new signings in, actually they probably played because he played all the new signings all at once at the beginning. So what do you do? Is it a whole different first team? He's lost, and I think he's he's in the wilderness at the moment. No, he doesn't understand. Number one doesn't understand what his best team is. I was going to say, does he know what his best team a- and best a- formation is? Absolutely no. not. The only the only player I'd say that's it's a shoo-in is his goalkeeper, and that was potluck. Because yep. he had the worst 70 million. exactly goal right. Because, because the decision was made for <laughs> yeah. him and he yeah. got whoever he had and put them there and they did all right. He's like, great, this is great. And then, then Thiago Silva is probably a shoo in because of his experience. But his experience did not help them defending that goal. So you can't. Can you blame Frank Lampard for them switching off? Probably not. But, well I say, say probably not, in the moment, that's not Frank Lampard's no, fault. Yes. However, can you blame Frank Lampard for that being a known characteristic of Chelsea, so much so that it could be exposed by another team? Absolutely you can, because yeah. it means that those players are not, they're not adequately motivated enough not to switch off, and if they consistently show it, I tell you, they are going to get mauled.
2: It's, it's, we talked about this with Chelsea last year, like when, you know, Frank had all the goodwill last year, it was like a free hit, yeah. and we said next year is the acid test, when he gets the money, they go out and buy players, and then he's, the pressure will be on to achieve, and I mean, it's not easy trying to bed all those players in, especially as a new coach, so I do, but it's, I think Chelsea have faced with a difficult decision and I know the league's topsy-turvy and in another five weeks we might be saying oh we're wrong again yeah, of course. But, I, but I mean I don't think they can change it now and I don't think they will but I think this is a real testing time for, for Chelsea because like eighth will not be acceptable for Brandwich, Yeah,
0: no. and you know your um, mate you said Roger at the beginning who listened to the shed and, and gave you a bit of a ribbon for picking a different team every week I mean the, the teams themselves drive your opinion of how good or bad they are and because the games are coming thick and fast, you're you're seeing evolution of teams happen in fast forward, aren't you? Yeah. You're, so you're watching Chelsea get good, and then you're watching this this shambles that unfold. Now there might be a point towards the end of the season where Chelsea are sitting in the top four, and we're sitting here going, "Look, they've fixed it, and isn't that great?" And and they deserve it because of the work. And so if that's the case, so be it. The thing is, we're seeing a whole league where where teams are showing themselves as excellent and then showing their flaws and exposing yeah. them so 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 insanely that we would be we would be idiots to be pig stubborn about. No, no, Liverpool are going to win the league. In, in fact, to be stubborn like that is almost. As you say, it's a Mark Lorenton thing, isn't it? It's going, well, you know, Liverpool were good last year. They're probably going to win the league this year. It's pointless, that. So, kind of, you know, you say six weeks ago we were saying they were going to win the league. They looked like they should six weeks ago. They looked like they had all the ingredients to win the league and they did. And they still do have the,
2: like, the raw ingredients. They should be able to fix this because of the standard of play. Like, you look
1: at that forward line, Mm. you're like, how is that not firing? If you were a world-class coach right now, and you're sat there going, oh, where should I work next? Chelsea's the job you want. Jesus, it's amazing. Yeah, they, The squad's brilliant. You've got everything got you youth need. You've got youth coming through. Everything is set up for them to be brilliant. And if you come in after Frank Lampard and they're sat eighth, you can only go up, really. So if I was sat there waiting, oh, I need a job. Go there.
0: And look, they're are only nine points off the top of the league. And I know that's only nine points, mm. but the way this season's going, you can lose three games in a week and you can win three games in a week. So yes, a world-class coach would do an absolute world-class job at that point. Is there club. any
1: world-class coaches hanging out? Who's the Juventus guy who used to be coached? Pochettino? No, the Juventus. Allegri. Allegri? Allegri, yeah. Allegri What's is he around? doing? He's, he's,
0: he's meant to be a bit of a dick, isn't he? Yeah, well, no one's given him a job since, mm. which is a bit of a sign. Yeah, it doesn't... doesn't Go well in interviews, does he? No.
1: Um, John, you had <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Uh, going back a bit. Leicester, you had Tillmans on your list. Can you remember why you had Tealmans on? He's just really good at
0: football. He
2: is. Do you know, I when I watched, ended up watching a few Leicester live games over the Christmas break, Rick. and so I watched quite a lot of him. He is a player that should be playing in a top four team. Oh yeah, he is, the top he is. The top league. I know, I know, he is. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he's like. But you don't necessarily think he's of it with Leicester. a top with, with Leicester. Player. Like, he is a top... top. I think yeah. Leicester got him at a steal. Like, yes, he'd been a bit inconsistent, but I... If he played for
1: a... Man City, Man United, yeah. Liverpool,
0: we all, he we wouldn't look about him. out of place. Yeah. But we are a raving about him in Leicester Top of the League. So, yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, so, let's
1: go from Chelsea to a team that uh, played the same amount of games and only two points less than them, but have had a disaster of a season. Arsenal.
0: See, look at that. So two
1: points less than Chelsea, like... They out. beat Newcastle 3-0 at the weekend. They're on a roll. Bemiang scored twice. Saka looks like the greatest player in the league. I think I mentioned that last week as
0: well. Um, they Are they back? Smith-Rowe. Yeah, Smith-Rowe looks really good. Oh, he's good. one of the ugliest men in football. <laughs> <it all? laughs> when you say he looks really good, I'm like, oh, jeez, that bloke's been hit by a bus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um,
1: and Oswald's left this week. So, is that he's gone to Fenerbahce? He's gone to Fenerbahce. So Oswald's gone to Fenerbahce on a free... Um, and foregone his seven million pounds that he's going to be between now and the end of the season, um, I'm kind of
2: glad it's over. Like I think it's sad because, um, yeah, I think he's probably still got something to give football. We, as-
0: we assume having we not is- seen him play football seeing, in a yeah, few years, but I
2: mean, I do think that what's triggered the, the shift in Arsenal is they've started to play a number ten. But number ten is not Ozil; it's Smith Rowe. Yeah, and he's been really good. And him and Saka have really. I think him, Saka, and Tierney. Have driven the improvement from Arsenal, and we've. T- you're a big Tierney fan. I think he's not just a very good left back; he's a leader. Yep. and he's. I think he's really sort of. You don't driven captain that Celtic team. as
1: a 19-year-old unless no. there's something weird.
0: No, about No, well, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right, and they have they have a crop of young players that, as an Arsenal fan, you'd be so excited about. Yeah. You're like the future is bright if we can get there.
2: Yeah, like Martinelli comes off the bench and yeah. you know, and he's, and he's scoring
0: the again.
1: Yeah. Aubameyang's playing off the left and he's scoring. And that's what you want. And he's not. It's not all about Aubameyang. And it's just suddenly like he's part of a team where there's other people creating for him.
0: But I mean, I watched all of this game, and it was it was hard to just praise Arsenal on, on this game. Newcastle were awful, so awful. So if if you um, watch Saka's goal, I think I mentioned this on the on the group this week. Watch watch Saka's goal, right? He arrived late in the box. That's how you describe it. You go, he arrived late in the box, got a cut back, put it in first time, great goal. But if you watch his run, he is trotting, just like a slow trot from the halfway line, and he is never more than, sorry, never closer to a Newcastle player than about five metres. The whole time. Just a slow trot forwards, never goes faster or slower, just trots from the halfway line to the edge of the box, ball arrives at his feet and he side-foots it. Didn't Lampard
2: make a career out of that, though? No,
0: no. I I get but you know, Lampard used to cut his run, go in and out. This wasn't just arriving late in the box like a number 10. This was Newcastle just... Not seeing the bloke, he just and it wasn't like he ghosted. This was going for a stroll, have a fag. There's no way you could miss him, but yet he just walked, just shot goal. Like what the fuck is that? Do you think the end of Steve Bruce? I don't know. We we talked about it. I think
2: they've got themselves in a real pickle in that you know he's gone from being pragmatic to the point now where Newcastle forgotten how to play football. Yeah, they, they just stop playing. They yeah. just like they continually they're afraid of the ball, and they give the ball up, and they just defend deep, and they just defend, 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 and then get rid of the ball. And that's really hard to keep that up.
1: Yeah, to and, do it for ninety and, minutes every and yeah. every, you're playing every three days, and to go oh we just got to defend. This is going to be fun, lads, for ninety Let's, minutes, and then hope if we hoop it upfield we might get a goal. And it you just got I, I you. was
2: watching Andy Carroll trying to lead like some sort of press and put pressure on. <laughs> like, and, and Andy Carroll, you know, has some good attributes, you know, and he and he's, he's, he's I don't think he's quite fulfilled his promise, but <laughs> <laughs> pressing, Still got time. Pressing and leaning a press is not one of them. Particularly when it was like, you know, an hour into the game and I was just like, get him off. Like, he was just, it was a, it was trying, but it was just a lope. And I was like, that is not, doing anything and i i do worry for them
0: yeah i think bruce is as is, is a bit lost too I, th- I think he's gone from a kind of pragmatist trust me dig out a few results to i'm gonna lose it and i'm gonna read him the riot act and none of that's working and you've only got a few more colors as, as a as a painter you know yep. um i i also think that um was it callum wilson was playing up front the weekend yep. oh god he's terrible terrible player it, that is just such a lack of general awareness like i get that sometimes he can go head down run with ball kick ball goal 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 oh, goal goal, goal, goal. Mm-hmm. i get that he's got that in him you know but so did Carlton cole and we just took the piss out of him when it comes to spatial awareness bringing other players into the game laying it off at the right time he has none of it and and we were spoke about this last week and i think
1: He's a pretty good player. He played for England and scored for England, so he's not crap. But Bruce has destroyed the ability for a strikers to play. Like If you play in a team under Steve Bruce as a striker that's creative and tries to make things happen, but all you're going to get is one ball over the top every half an hour, it's just going to kill your confidence. Yeah. And can I say, I've is like, his
0: heart in it too? No. I feel a bit sorry for Newcastle. And, and, yeah. I know, like, it's not, you know, I know, usually we quite relish sticking the boot into sides. And, and I hope I'm going to keep harping back to your mate, Roger. I don't know who it is who <laughs> tells you. I like them to think that we've stuck our boot into everyone as well. <laughs> Just as we're going to everyone's <laughs> going to win the league. And, but I feel a bit bad sticking my boot into Newcastle because... They genuinely love it so much. Yeah, I love Newcastle. And that's the yeah. thing. Like everyone would love Newcastle to do well. It's it's almost like when you know when Leeds win the championship, even the Man United fans of this world, deep down, still wanted them to come back to the Premier oh, League. So so you just Premier can League. have your away yes. day at Elm Road. Yep. You still want that, and everyone wants Newcastle to be better than they are. And they have served up some dog shit football for about five years, and it must be maddening.
1: Right, we're going to go through three more teams that I wanted to talk about. I don't um, think Bruce will go, by the way. You don't?
2: No. Ashley is... You know how Man United get rid of their manager when they can't make top four? Yeah. Mike Ashley only gets rid of his manager when he thinks he might get relegated.
1: And they won't get relegated. Oh, <laughs> uh, one more. But it um, could. Oh, go on. Have you got another Newcastle?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but <it's, laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's the only... It's the, it's the, positive, it's the positive thing about, about Newcastle, though, I will say. So even though it is... They are in a bad spot, after this many games, only one of Rafa Benitez's years as Newcastle manager, they had more points than C-Bruce does now. Yeah, okay.
2: There you go. So, that's, he, that's some good perspective, whereas he is loved in...
0: Well, that's the thing. So, yeah. so you know, I mean... You'd you'd probably want to, if you were Steve Bruce, Bruce you'd just go, well, who does your PR, Rafa Benitez? They, they need another... He probably just needs a haircut and some glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. wear, wear a suit a bit more. If he but,
2: looked at a Christmas pudding and then modelled himself
0: off that. But, you cannot, but that doesn't mean that Newcastle are any good. It means that Newcastle fans have been put up with a lot of shit for a long time. Yeah, yeah totally. Um,
1: the Wolves-West Brom game was carnage. West Brom won 3-2 and oh, yeah. I don't really like have a huge amount to say about it other than two penalties two penalties West Brom got a win um, which is good for Big Sam I guess um, but Optus got their highlights wrong again they put it on like as the 15th game of 10 <laughs> and you're like this was the one game where there was lots of goals and lots yeah. of things happened, and then they just have the person. And then this guy came up and took a penalty. Like, come on! This was the best game. Put it on. And the it top. was
2: chaos. And yeah. do you know what was what I found interesting about it as well? It was very unWolves like. Well, they
1: wasn't like you know. Wolves are a mess though. They're not like Wolves at the moment. They're trying to play a back four. Connor Cody's lost all form. They haven't got Raúl Jiménez. They look like they're not really sure what they're doing. And it's the first time I've looked at Nuno and gone. I'm not sure you know what you're doing right now. Um, and then he's sort it out quickly, I think. I think they're the opposite
2: of Liverpool in that we talked about Liverpool, the issue being like back to front. Yeah. For Wolves, it's front to back. It's kind of like take Jimenez out. And, and Jota. He, he's, and he's, Jota's the, Jota's a big loss. Yeah, Jota's a yeah. big loss. But I think, I think Jimenez is the focal point up top and then everything builds from that with the way they play. And you remove him. Then and you, they so put What do a, we do now? A, a, you know, an 18-year-old kid who might be great. And now just they've lost their structure.
0: They're also slower than they were last year. Uh, if I'm going to pinpoint a difference in the way they play football last year, I think we, we, we analysed it to death, didn't they? they? They did a kind of overlapping counter-attack whenever possible. They they yeah. they'd, they'd counter with runners and then hold it up very, very quickly, waiting for waiting for runners to, to overlap on the wings or inside and that seemed to work Maybe really Docherty's well for them. Maybe the
2: other one as well because he was very important to the way yeah. they play. Yeah.
0: But, but this year they're slower. This year they play more across the park. They build up slowly and because of that they've lost their teeth so, so, the big difference I'd say is is their pace, and it's not it's no good this year.
1: Jeff, you said you wanted to say some nice things about Sheffield United, who lost to Spurs three <gasps> one.
0: Okay, I do, I do, I genuinely do. I, I think that I still enjoy watching Sheffield United play football. They're still good at what they do. Well, are they good at what they do? Yeah, this is the thing. They're not because they're losing every game. they are only got five points. It's still enjoyable to what you're right. When they score a goal, it's always a good goal. <laughs> like, it's always enjoyable <laughs> goal. And an I love McGoldrick. He yeah. scored like five goals this year. He couldn't score for like 50 games. Yeah, so yeah. Good. Like, I just think that when they score a goal, you can tell that it's been planned and put together. And obviously because they're scoring very few goals that are spontaneous or on individual merit which are the reason why they they are where they are but when they get an opportunity of a a set play whether it be a throw in or a corner or a free kick and they do something that they have worked on it's so satisfying to watch so it feels like every goal they're scoring which isn't that many is something that they have constructed Is that Um, also because the standard of their players (coughs) is generally quite low
2: and so you can not imagine yourself doing it but it is so much about like the structured play, yeah, and not the move, magic, not yeah. the magic of the individual. Which
0: means yeah. they've got a great coach and crap footballers.
1: And the assist came from John Fleck, who is my favourite player in the league, who's a bit crap, but he's awesome. It's a good cross. Um, and Spurs beat them three one. Harry Wish Kane scored a brilliant goal and, uh, and Don and Belay. domed, chip, dink.
2: Did he I'm mean not it? Quite Did he mean sure. it? Yeah, I'm always when it's so much like using your wrong
1: foot. I'm always a bit, but what you could tell that his aim was to loop it over towards the goal that ish. Way. ish. Yeah. The fact that it dropped in the bottom corner, I don't think he was like hoping. He was hoping that was going to happen, but I don't think he went. This is definitely going to happen.
2: But we should say, and do we? I don't know whether should we credit Jose with this. I'm not sure. He looks like a player. He yeah. has been excellent this year. I, I've he's been, brilliant. I, I've been really impressed. Like he, last year, he looked a bit lost, yeah. but I, I think he's been excellent this year.
0: And do you know who else? I really stood out for me in this game is Holbier. Hoibier. I, th- I think love it is- how
2: you've got your pronunciation I- correct. And-
0: well, that's the thing. When you start yeah. playing well, you go from a Hol- Hol- Holgerberg to, <laughs> <laughs> to a Hol- yeah. Hol- yeah. Um But I-, I think that the way he plays football is very underrated. He won't get on too many highlights reels. Um, you say Harry Kane's goal was excellent. However, it was the ball was won back by Holbier. Yeah. Yeah. He took on a man. He walked into space and played it through to Harry Kane so immaculately that Harry Kane wouldn't have been anywhere near it without that bloke. So I think that... um. One of those underrated signings that only in a few years we're going to look back and go, well, he is so important to the way Spurs play. He nailed it. He almost went to Everton, didn't he? Oh. He did, yeah, yeah. But then Everton got Alan, Alan which is the same type of player. Um,
2: Do you know, it, Like it is... I know we talk, talked a little bit about some games being a bit crap recently, mm-hmm. and I've, I'm struggling a bit with the fans side of things. Yeah. But generally, it's been very good. Yeah. And I'm like, it's very even plus Everton have had the best season they've had in a very long time. Um West Ham have had a very good season.
1: West Ham were the last we team I to talk Southampton about.
2: Southampton have had a very good season. Like Spurs have improved again. I'm like this could conceivably continue for the rest of the season. Yeah. When we could literally be talking about throw a blanket over them, you know, in, in the,
0: last the last few last weeks, two which or three weeks in season
1: and it'd be like six points between the top you eight. Could, you could
0: remember. finish outside the top 4 with 70 points this year.
1: But I wanted to mention West Ham because they won this morning against West Brom and they won at the weekend against who? I can't see in the small writing. Oh, Burnley 1-0. So two kind of uneventful games, West Brom, Burnley, but they got wins on the board. That's a big one. That's the game West Ham lose, the Burnley one. Yeah, exactly. And Antonio's back. He's scoring the seventh. And what? Six points off the top of the league? West Ham? Six points off the top of the league. They've
0: been David moyes yeah, they're improving. So uh, again, great. they've got two games over the Everton's and the Man Cities of this world. So, so they've already played nineteen games as as we record because tomorrow morning's. Which, which by the way, these games in hand screw up everything. Like, I don't understand who is where because of the games in hand. No. But not without moving off West Ham, David Moyes, when you say they bit David Moyes...
2: In a good way. Old no, no, you, you're,
0: you're, exact, you're exactly right. What they've done, very different to the way West Ham have, have worked in the past, is they've got two central defenders who are defenders and want to defend, and that's it. They've got two central midfielders who are big and like to head the ball. And they've got everyone else who runs around. Yeah, it's quite and, a simple and, theory. And that is and basic,
1: yeah. The best thing about the David Moyes influence on West Ham this morning, Jared Bowen scores a goal
0: with his chest.
1: Yes, yeah. it's a good chest too. You can't get it more um, Laney, Moyes yes. yes I love it and the score uh, but then his they've
0: his also got like a Mikel Antonio up front who's a buzzard so he yeah. chases down lost causes for fun and you think of the best David Moyes sides which again it's a struggle to think of the best David <laughs> Moyes sides but if you think of when he is at his pomp a David Moyes side he has a, a centre forward who runs and chases lost causes and tries to make something and he has industrious ball winning second ball winning centre midfielders and then he has defenders
2: and he has a sprinkle of like you know he's he's They've managed to fit four into in, yeah. Yeah. It. And he's the player that's got something today. a bit different.
0: Lanzini played a bit on you know, the left, bit a, on the right. A, but a, and the as long a, as you have that spine, yeah. Moyes knows how to set up a football t- the team, and it's not thrilling, but that works, you know.
2: I do. I also I watched Declan Rice, mm. and I think he is a very good footballer he's and really will good. go again. Like he'll go yeah. to one of the, the top clubs. Yeah. But I just you can almost he's one of those players, and you just. You, I mean, you talk about with Madison, I think you look at Rice and you almost see him improving every game, like just game awareness and positioning. He's still only 21. He's still only 21. And I look at him and he, you know he can do all the defensive side of things, but I actually think his his passing and his ability to run with the ball are underrated and his positioning in, in attack, as well as, you know, being able to mop up in front of the, the back four. Like I, I, I think he is... Um, has the ability to be the best defensive midfielder that we've had in, a, in, a, in an awfully long time. Bloody hope
1: so. Um, side stories. Does anyone have any side stories? I've got a couple. I've got one. Oh, you go, Rog. Um, like, kind of a uh, sad or just so
2: typical blokes being dickheads and messing up the W League. Did you see this? No, I haven't seen this. In the Melbourne Derby.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's kind of, I think it was within a week. Um, and the football context to it was great. In the Melbourne City women lost 6-0 to victory in a derby. Mm. I think they had two derbies in a week. I could be, could be yeah. I, I might have remembered this wrong. But anyway, so this was, and, and they haven't been going great. So this is, you know, a big game. And they've, they've won 3-2 and it, and it was a great game but there was a moment towards the end of the game where there was a bunch of fans behind the uh Melbourne City goal and these a bunch of um victory fan blokes yeah i i mean i don't want to what's the word stereotype um, stereotype or generalize too much but they were victory fan blokes yeah the worst of the victory fans and they were there watching a W League game, and anyway, they started um, throwing things at the um, at the goal, Melbourne City goalie, including glass bottles. Jesus. To the point really? where she had to no, she didn't get hit, but you know, there's that. It's I think it, you know it's the thing you can imagine become quite iconic footage in that she's turned around and then picked up, and there's a bottle you know, green hand. V bottle, glass V bottle or something, and, and had to put it behind the Ugh. goal. And you're like,
1: you come know, on, people. Yeah, I mean, what you great
2: people going to watch sport, and you want to see yeah. that particular. You know, you want to see the W League established yeah. and it was a really good game, and it was a derby, and you know, there's all the there's the background of Melbourne City being able to get a bit of revenge for for getting a, a yeah. schlacking. and there's yeah. and you want to remember it f- for those things, and yet we as idiots. the male species have the ability to go in, and it's just something about it being a women's game, and yet blokes can still fuck it up. Yeah, like just really. Got ya. Just got me, Yeah, yeah. and you watch got ya. It and you're it like, your "What yeah. are you doing?" Just yeah. yeah. Anyway, and so I, I and I was kind of like, "I was the." Is there a positive side of this that there were there's people there and there's passion and no. I don't think there
1: is. I think no. it's just a bunch of dickheads like being dickheads. Fuck, like
2: <laughs> just go away.
1: That was a good side <laughs> like, story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Stephanie, did you have a side story?
0: No, apart, well, the only thing I learned this week that I thought was interesting, um, that beyond our usual conversation, is that, you know, Kevin De Bruyne has not won a single Player of the Month award. Wow. Michael Richards has won one. So he's won Player of the Year. But he has not won a PSA single player. player of the Month. And fun. do you know how many months he's been in the player at Premier League? Oh, this is a, a good lot. question. How many months, do you reckon? Oh, no uh, 56. Wow. 60. Oh, LAUGHTER <laughs> Very good. And he's not won a single player of the month. Fernandez yeah. has won about seventeen. Already. Who awards the player of the month?
1: Oh, it's the main night board.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we pay for that one as well. Edward Woodward.
1: Um I have one quick side story on the uh, transfer window, which has been the most boring transfer window of all time. Because no one signed everyone's it. Everyone's poor. But Ozil went to Fanabache, which I've mentioned earlier. Jack Wilshire got a club. He's gone Bournemouth, to Bournemouth. Yeah. Wow, and Danny Drinkwater, who is still getting paid one hundred and ten thousand pounds a week by Chelsea, God, that's a disgrace. Has gone on loan to Kasim Pasa in the Turkish Super League. I oh
0: God, God, he's had a fall from grace. Yeah, he? I know. One
1: hundred and ten grand a week still. He's,
0: he's got said, issues though. Drinkwater. He's he's a he's a old drinker, grand gambler, car crasher, thinks, isn't he? Drinks too much water. Yeah. Drink
2: water. Mm. <laughs> John, I like <laughs> Jack Wiltshire at Bournemouth, that is, kind of sits right with me.
0: It wasn't even on trial, he just went there to keep his fitness up. And yes. they said he was looking real sharp and they offered him a contract. They've just given him six
1: months and gone, you can play How many s- times have we heard, oh, Jack Wilkes is looking yeah. really sharp? He'll play one game. Hammy, ping. Yes.
0: Um, are we ready for our exciting new end game? I'm ready. I okay. feel embarrassed after last week. I listened back to it and I just couldn't believe it. Well, so well, I could f- believe it. It was just embarrassing in public.
1: For anyone who's not listened to the new game, um, one of us is games master this week. It's me, and we pick a multiple answer question, anything to do with football, um, and then you get a number of lives that I decide. Which this week's only one life. One life. Gotcha. It's a bit easy. If you get all the answers, which for this one I think there's seventeen. Mm-hmm. Well, come on, Jeff. Then I lose, and I have to be games master again next week. Um, or whoever loses is out and the other person wins. <laughs> is that how it works? Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense? Right, go. Um, so this week's question is about Chelsea. I've spoken um, about Chelsea a bit this week, so I thought we will keep it Chelsea-themed. Can you name all of Chelsea's top scorers in the Premier League ever? So there's been... What do you mean? So every year There's a top scorer In the Premier League For Chelsea Oh yeah Okay So as an individual Can you name them There's been about 17 Ish Um Jeff You can go first Drogba Correct Roger Gibbs Uh
0: Lampard Correct Anelka Correct.
1: Three down. Zola? Correct. He was did it twice. Lampard did it about six times.
0: Um how many lives do we get? Do we get any more lives? No, it's just the one life this week. Oh god. I've got two more on my list, but I'm not sure. Um
1: Gamble Jeff,
0: do it. In, in the
1: Premier League history, in Premier League history since 1992, not Chris Sutton. Ba baum. Oh. But you went first, so Roger needs to get this right.
2: Uh, Diego Costa. Correct. Ah. Oh. Gianluca Vialli.
1: Correct. Robin. No. Ah. Oh. Um, so Etu? You, you could have had Tammy no. Abraham. Last oh, year. Oh God, Tammy. E- Eden Hazard. Daniel Sturridge, Flora Malouda. Flora, Flora Maluda, wow. yeah. One good year. Yeah. One good year. Good Johnson? Uh, no. Hasselbank. Hasselbank. Oh, Jimmy Floyd. Tor Andre Flo. Gus oh, Poyet. Yes. Um, Viali. And then this is when it gets really old. John Spencer, Mark Steen, Mick Harford and Graham Stewart.
0: I'm going to suck at this thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: a hard game. Although there's well, Chelsea fans listening to this just like pulling their hair out because that's easy. Okay. Should have got a few more of should have got Hasselbank, Jimmy Floyd. Yeah, and Hazard. Hazard, but yeah. I didn't I never thought Hazard always played at the same time as someone else who was a, a striker, you know? Yeah, true. But he scored a lot of goals. Yeah.
1: Um anyone got anything before we go? No. No. Thanks for having us in your new shed, Rog. It's alright. It's called a house. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an upgraded <laughs> shed. it's what some people call it. It's got it. water. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week don't forget if you want to get in contact ask questions tell us we're wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks everybody Bye bye bye